Good evening, everyone. Um, my name is Vanessa Kelly Brew, and I am one of your hosts for this evening's Access Rumor Time conversation. My name is Dr. Yvonne Mary Laria, and I am one of the co-hosts of Access Rumor Time Conversations podcast. Hey, I am Dr. Geneva Fleming, bringing you greetings all the way from South Carolina. And I am so happy to share that we have a special guest on the show tonight. Dr. Larry, would you like to introduce our special guest? It is my utmost pleasure and delight <laughs> to welcome one of my bestest friends, Dr. Joanne Simone Dean. All right, all right. And, and she is, we've been friends forever. Uh, we go all the way back to college. And um, we're delighted to have her here in this moment for such a time as this. Mm -hmm. And so we will give Joanne the opportunity now to say what she wants to say about herself. Well, thank you for having me on your podcast. And hmm, what is there that I can say about me? I am a God-fearing general dentist, mother, wife, and I know every day I pray that God would use me as an instrument of his love and through my work. And so that's, that's basically it about me. Beautiful, and so welcome. Yeah. Thank you, Joanne. Yes, and welcome to our Access Room Time Conversations podcast. We're so happy to have you here with us this evening. Yes, and, hello. And so we have been talking about um, the fallout from COVID-19, and so there have been so many different um, topics that we've been able to discuss um, so far. And what we are always focused on is the social emotional effects of the fallout. And this evening, we want to continue to talk about some of those social emotional issues um, that people are having. And again, we're so happy to have Dr. Joanne Dean with us this evening um, because she is um, a doctor who continues to provide um, care to her, her patients. And so we would love to hear from you, Dr. Dean, about um, what are some of the struggles that you have as a professional um, who is continuing to provide um, dental services to your clients. And also, um, just being a person who is also dealing with this um, like everyone else. All right, so I initially, when the whole coronavirus pandemic came down on us, you know, it was earth shattering for me for many reasons. Um, but one was that that was the first time that I went to work on a Monday and they said, as of tomorrow, you're laid off. We're closing the offices and you know, for that first time in my entire life, I had to figure out, okay, how am I going to, well, I have to file for unemployment. What am I going to do? You know, so many things, so many things. What's going on with my children? And, you know, not 
it was just a difference. Initially, I said, well, thank you, God. You know I have a whole lot of work to do here in this house. And this is a much needed break from having to go, you know, on that daily grind. But mm -hmm. by the end of the week, the need was so great with emergency patients that the decision was made to open up an office and we're going to treat emergency patients in this one office. And so now for the past few weeks, I have been busy. You know, it is as though all the emergencies that were never, ever treated or all of a sudden everybody had an emergency. I don't know what it is, but we have been extremely busy. So it has been, it's rewarding to be able to help people in dire need in this time because, you know, people spend their days calling dental office after dental office, trying to find somebody to see them. And so... I'm happy that I'm able to help, but, you know, we're doing this also concerned for our safety. You know, we're putting ourselves out there. So we've made drastic changes to how we are protecting ourselves. So now, you know, we deal with the difficulty of breathing through an N95 mask with a surgical mask on top because and the face shield. So the PPE, personal protective equipment has changed significantly, I'd say. Well, not terribly significantly, but we've added on things that make it less comfortable, but necessary to mm -hmm. protect ourselves and others. So Joanne, I have a question. How does that impact you know, all these layers now, additional layers of, of PPE, what does that do to one's psyche? I mean, I have so many questions just based on the few things that you just said. Um, but that's one question, and I will just stick with that one question. How does that impact your thinking about your, your risk, the risk factor? the risk factor that you are going to be experiencing or you're exposed to every day. When you think about all this gear, where's your level of <laughs> risk in terms of your thinking? Does that make sense? Well, I'll try to answer um, based on what I think you're asking. <laughs> um, so, you know, it's interesting. I think that the threat that we're facing now is, well, all of the threats that we were facing before were always invisible, okay? They were always invisible. We always, I think the worst thing that we were worried about was hepatitis that could live on surfaces for the longest time, you know. Um, but now we have this airborne invisible threat you have no clue when you're, you could be getting it. In fact, you know, I wondered, was that cold that I had two weeks ago or three weeks ago, was that it? <laughs> right, right, you know? yes. And I sure did go and get tested before I started up with the emergency um, treatment because I wanted to be sure that I was negative and I wasn't giving anything to these patients that were 
you know, um, risking their lives, so to speak. Um, so I, it, you know, for my entire career, I've always been concerned with, I don't want to catch any diseases that people have, but there's an added layer definitely of, and I don't want to say that it's fair. I'd like to say that it's concern um, because I don't believe in being fearful. Mm -hmm. So there is an added layer of concern. Concern. Okay. Okay. And I heard, I heard somebody say recently <laughs> the difference between concern and worry, concern and fear is what is, what is dominating and what is controlling you? Fear and worry is that those factors control your decision-making. Concern is, is when you are in control of the factors. Mm -hmm. And fear and worry is when the, the factors are in control of you. So you're saying you're in control, and which means that you you just have concern. You're just a concern. Mm -hmm. You're not you're not on that other side. Well, no, and you know I I don't know. I beg to differ a little bit about the control piece because I feel as though I control nothing. <laughs> Absolutely, <laughs> well, that's nothing. true. Yeah. Um, and it is more that I do my best based on the knowledge that I have, the information that I have and give the protection of my health, my life to God. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that's it. I just do the best that I can. Mm -hmm. And leave the rest up to him. That's right. Yeah. So Joanne, one of the questions that I have is, I, I know that you had said that you are a mother. Yeah. And so when you are at work, you have all of this um, protective equipment on you. Um, but what is your level of concern that, you know, when you go to work and you are working, you know, on these patients who, you know, you, you don't know if, if they have anything or not, um, and then going back home to your, to your children? So, um, obviously it is a concern for all of us working there. What I have instituted, well, when we're at work, almost everything is covered, really. Um, we wear a, a cap on our head and a gown, you know, everything, face shield, the whole nine yards. But what I do is I take my clothes off as soon as I walk through the door, at the door. A colleague of mine, I guess if I were a little bit more organized as she is, I would do what she does. She changes at work and puts her clothing in a bag. And, you know, that's she comes in the same clothes, leaves in the same clothes, and just takes the dirty clothes in the bag. That's probably a better system than what I'm doing. Um, my son is the only one who would potentially be in contact close contact with me when I first come home, but he has taken to giving the social distance hug. You know, he just does the elbow bump or he'll hug me from behind. You know, he has made his, his modifications to 
ex physical expressions of love <laughs> <laughs> because he's a germaphobe. So, okay. you know, that's it. Right. Okay. Yeah. So, what? How does your son feel? I mean, is he? Is he? I don't know if you do you have you have more than one child yes. or is it just the one? So how how do they feel about mom working? Well, actually, my daughter is is eighteen, okay, and my husband is a correctional officer, and okay. so the three of us are essential workers. So we are out mm -hmm. there, I guess, at risk, uh, so to speak. So. The only one, so the three of us, you know, do what we need to, to not, we do the best we can mm -hmm. to not spread any potential threat in the household. Mm -hmm. I like hearing the fact that your 12 year old has uh, been compliant, that, that he is a germaphobe. That's probably <laughs> a really good thing. I like the way you describe that. Um, Thanks for sharing um, what it's been like, especially when the pandemic came upon us and, you know, you're getting the notice that everybody must go home. And so suddenly you're out of work. Suddenly you go home. And one thought you had, which is consistent with a lot of people's thought, is that, oh, thank God I got some time to take care of some of these projects around the house. Mm -hmm. What, what? And can you maybe unpack the um, the emotions that you must have felt during that time, coupled with, and this is probably a, a separate question, but it, it does relate because it's a lot of emotions because in that same announcement, you, you, know, you got one announcement from an employer, but probably another from the leadership in your state about mm -hmm. closures, school closures. So right. now not only are you going to be home because of this um, pandemic, but your uh, school-age son is going to be home. And with that comes additional responsibilities. Right. So, so, so Joanne, we're going to ask if you will hold off and answer that question when we come back from our break. Okay. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Are you and your family seeking healthy mindsets, actions, relationships, knowledge, emotions, resources, and skills? Well, backed by popular demand, GC Squad presents Rumor Time Family Summer Camp, a social emotional wellness program starting June the 14th to the 26th at the venue St. Michael and All Angels Episcopal Church, down to the roots. The Access Rheumatime Conversations podcast is brought to you by GC Scored and the Leadership Institute and your co-host, Dr. Yvonne Murray-Larrier, Dr. Geneva Fleming, Vanessa Kelly-Brew, Lynn Prosper, and Georges Prosper. Thank you for listening. Welcome back to the Access Rheumatime Conversations podcast.
All right, welcome back everyone. Uh, when we left, Joanne was just about to answer what it is like for her to be a professional and having to provide services to clients. And then also having children who are now home all day and what that dynamic is like um, being a professional and then having to come home and help um, your son now um, with, schoolwork. I know a lot of the kids are doing these this e-learning. Um, and so there are some struggles with, you know, some of the kids. And so just wondering if that has been an issue for you and your family. It has been quite an issue. In fact, um, so my daughter's a senior and so, you know, things, well, she's a senior. My son is in sixth grade. And the schools were closed. We initially were closed, told we were going to be closed for three weeks or so, I think it was. And I was expecting, okay, three weeks, we're going to wait a little bit and see how things, you know, folks are going to figure out how to do this whole distance learning thing. And we're going to come back strong. But shortly after the announcement that school was going to be closed, we got this email that the children also received and knew of that there was not going to be any official learning. This was now an enrichment period. So, yeah, an enrichment period. Anything, any assignments that are given during this period are strictly enrichment. Really? And, no, this, and, is the this is the first I'm hearing that, that version, that kind of... And about it. That yeah. language, yeah. yeah. Yes. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. <laughs> only enrichment and optional. Optional. What? The yes. The completion of the assignments was completely optional. And this was spelled out in an email that the children received. Pa parents <laughs> and children. And this is, Joanne is in the state. Joanne is in Massachusetts. Right. Yes. Okay. I was, and so that came from your... Your State Department of Education? That's correct. That is correct. That that came from the school. I, you know, I didn't realize that that, well, did they spell out? It was from the State Department, the Department of Education, but sent to us from the superintendent's office. So immediately that presented a big challenge for, in my household at least, because I have children who are goal oriented and driven and they're like well why do i have to do this if i'm not getting any credit for it what's the purpose um and so i have to say okay so you're a student you are always learning i am a student in life i am always learning and we can't just sit down and let our brains just go to mush we must remain educated that is the purpose you are not looking for external um, accolades or whatever, you must internally motivate yourself and be a student. So it was difficult. Now, one challenge, this period has been tremendously challenging because my son has, um, he has an IEP and he has certain challenges and he has been struggling in school because he changed schools in the middle of the school year and he's been having 
some difficulty adjusting. So I'm thinking, okay, so he's been struggling with adjusting to the regular flow, and now we're going to throw like several curveballs at him. What's going on? You know, what's going to happen? What, what, what do we have in place to keep his education moving along? And what extra measures are we going to take now to decrease the struggles? Well, it ended up that I got into an email fight with the school superintendent because after the first week, so, so there was one question that was asked about emotions and how did I feel? We'll get back to that. I almost feel as though I needed to talk about that first before going into the email fight. But anyhow, um, the whole week passed and nothing really was happening with the kids. And I kind of felt like our world is turned upside down. I'm not going to push real hard. Yeah, I did my cheerleading talk. Okay, we got to stay educated, but I'm just going to let them chill for a little bit. And then we're going to hit hard the following week. So I'm expecting that by that time, the school is going to come out with a plan. They're going to identify, okay, we're going to have this class at this particular time and we're going to do a video conference. You know, the teachers I'm thinking can teach their classes via, you know, using the technology that's widely available. Not so in my school district. And I said to the superintendent, you know, what's going on? I know that you have some children who probably don't have access to the internet. They may not have internet capable devices, but you know, Spectrum is giving free internet, so that's not an issue. I'm pretty sure you should have identified the students who don't have the devices. Maybe it might be more so the free and reduced school lunch, um, you know, people who receive free or reduced school lunches. Um, So what's the barrier? What's going on? Can we get this stuff out to them? And she let me know that that was not one of their plans. They weren't trying to do any of that. And there was no mandate that the teachers should do any um, e-learning or none of that. There was no mandate. So I said, well, are they getting paid? (laughs) Are they getting paid during this time? Because Exactly. Maybe that is I, the question, right. <laughs> right. You know, maybe I had an unrealistic expectation. And if they're not getting paid, well, then I'm grateful. Because to be honest, the teachers, you know, were sending emails. Oh, we miss you guys so much. And, you know, here are the, in, these enrichment activities. You know, you could look at this and do this, blah, blah, blah. So after all was said and done, and, and, and so what upset me more about this was, that I said to the superintendent, listen, for maybe some other children, just saying, here, do all of this work is good enough. Not so for my son. He needs to have someone, a teacher, somebody there with him to help him stay focused, to mm-hmm. help him you know, stay motivated, to help answer questions along the way so that he can do his work. I, unfortunately, am not in the house. I'm at work. So 
I, I, I need help. Somebody please help me because he needs help. And what, what are we going to do? Um, that was it. There was no resolution. I, in my last email, I told her I knew that the district had failed our children <laughs> when they sent out that email talking about, you know, it's just enrichment. And wow. then she wrote me back saying, well, I can't help you. I, and now I know how you feel about mm -hmm. the district and I can't change your feelings. So, this is what the superintendent said. You know, yeah. but do they recognize that their failure to have a plan is that they're actually planning to fail? And in of fact, course. is implementing that even as we speak without having an organized plan to meet the needs of the students in the in that district. Joanne, I'm wondering I'm wondering if what's the what's the demographics the demographic composition of that school district? Um what would you well, guess? <laughs> well I, let's see. I don't know like socioeconomic I don't know that Really, I know that there are in every class there are probably about two black students, um, maybe one Latino. You know, um, there's some Indian couple, but then the vast majority, ninety percent white. Um, I don't know. I, I have okay. a, a related question. So that ruling is for the entire state or for a particular school district? Is no, this that is the state? This, so the enrichment thing was for the whole state, but people, different districts interpreted that differently. Mm -hmm. And what made me so angry is that as I met parents coming in with their children, with their dental emergencies, I would just have a conversation. How's school going? How are you adjusting to, to this new thing? And I would hear what other school districts are doing, which was far more than what my district was doing. It, they were doing things that I would expect, where the children would have a check-in time and have, uh, you know, visual contact with their teacher. And not to say, so the, the superintendent said, well, we don't want children sitting down in front of a computer all day long. I said, well, of course I don't want that either. That is not what I want. But what some other people are doing is they have classes for three hours in the day and have the students doing their assignments then. And guess what? I don't know if you know, but unless you're there to get the children up and moving around, what are children doing nowadays but staring at a device? <laughs> so why not Absolutely. let it be educational? Absolutely. Exactly. Exactly. So. That's, that's a sad commentary. And, you know, it's interesting because there's this, in, in my mind and from how you talk to people, you know, what I've heard, and it could be, you know, urban legend, it could be, um, may not have much, you know, research base, but you usually hear that Massachusetts and that area there they're very, you know, their education system is rigorous and this is top of the line. And to hear that they're like, oh yeah, just enrich yourself. 
standard and expectation for coming yeah. from that part of the country. <laughs> I, yes, I agree with you. But as I said, this is not, you know, this that I'm telling you is specific to my school district and not true for every other district out there. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but I, now that when we got the notification that school would be closed for yet another month, then they changed it to, okay, now we're going to be doing assignments that are due. You will be getting credit for these assignments. And things changed. They had to force their, they didn't really make a big change. Now, you know, some teachers will have class via video conferencing, some, but not all. Nothing has significantly changed for my son. He is... I still am in dire need of some intervention to for this experience to be more successful for him. Um, but what I have found is that the people in the district, I believe not many of them are very tech savvy. This superintendent is on her way. She's retiring in a couple months. And one if, if she didn't have plans to retire, I would think that after this, experience she would way out. <laughs> right. <Yeah. laughs> so that's what my husband says. He's like, just give her a break. She's on her way out. I'm like, no, no one gets any breaks because it's my children. My children need to move on in life. You know, my daughter says, I hope that the colleges understand that the incoming mm-hmm. freshmen this year are going to be extra dumb. You know, <laughs> 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 you know? unfortunate. So sad. That is sad. You know, many colleges are waiving entrance exams and scores, and a lot there, 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 there's a lot of uh, leniency yeah. to, toward those yeah, kinds. The, the season I call the season of generosity. Yes, <laughs> yes, that's a good. They're, one. they're waiving good one. a lot of eligibility criteria and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. but you know, I want to. I want to say, kind of just kind of kind of focus something that we would we talked about earlier and that is Geneva had asked about Joanne's emotions and through her through her conversation and her sharing I heard multiple emotions that she experienced. Mm-hmm. Um anger was one, frustration another mm-hmm. one. Mm-hmm. Um kind of like disappointment Disappointment. Disappointment. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Um, uh, concern for her children's uh, mm-hmm. academic future. Um, mm-hmm. Somewhat, some, some, and Joanne, correct us if we're wrong, a sense of bewilderment in terms of what the heck? What are you talking about right. enrichment? Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not willing to sacrifice my children on the altar of enrichment i could i could do enrichment <laughs> of my own mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right so those are some of the emotions that i heard um joanne express okay. is there any other emotions that we, i i missed here joanne because oh, yeah i, uh, I kind of wanted to take you through the emotions that i felt from the beginning of the 
the experience, the coronation, as some people refer to it. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> Oh, and so and so can we do that after this break? Sure. How would you like to take your life coach with you wherever you go? Well, GC Score can make that happen for you. Purchase the Rubatime Guided Activity Journal on Amazon.com or directly from GC Score's online store at www.org for the price of $19.99. Welcome back to the Access Rheumatime Conversations podcast. All right, welcome back everyone. When we left off, we were, um, Dr. Dean was just about to share with us the emotions that she experienced when, um, I'm not quite sure how you how you refer to it, this whole corona coronacation. Corona, corona, <laughs> that was it. <laughs> so yeah, that evening, the Monday evening that we were told, you know, it, that it's a wrap. File for unemployment before the end of the day. Uh, as I left work, I felt like. Well, it was earth shattering, you know, except for planned vacations or sick leave or maternity leave. I had always been at work and, you know, you would never think, oh, a dentist laid off. You don't, you're not working. That's supposed to be one of those secure professions, right? Mm -hmm. um, Joanne, so, do you want to tell, Joanne, do you want to tell them how much? The unemployment was? Oh, well, yeah. So, um, so I, I filed for unemployment the next day and then came to find out that the maximum for the state is $823 a week, which actually I've come to learn is pretty good compared to other states, the, the $823 a week. Um, you know, that evening that I came home, or was it the next day? It may have been the first evening. I was feeling sad. I was feeling sad. I was driving home, and it was gospel music that saved my life. Thank <laughs> 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 oh, God for gospel music. Yes, thank God for gospel I, music. I was jamming to For Every Mountain, you know. That's oh, you, went old you, went, you went old school. Look, that is, look, that is the jam. <laughs> that's it. That was my thought. It was on repeat. I, it was on repeat. And I came home and my daughter was, I, she, I don't know if she got called out of work. They told her we don't need you right now or what it was. And she was like, I, I need to go to work. I need to make money. You know, wh what's going on? And I said, listen, girlfriend, you're worried with Burger King money, let me tell you how much my bills are. And I went down the list of my practice loan, mm -hmm. you know, my mortgage, you know, all big money. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Big money. Big money that I would not have any way to pay except to dip into emergency funds. Mm -hmm. And 
I'm like, that's this is this is what I'm talking about. So shortly thereafter, like a half hour, she came into my bedroom and she was just crying. She's like, Mom, I need a hug, I need a hug. This is all just too much for me. And then I regretted sharing that information with her. I, it wasn't as though I was um, not valuing her feelings about being concerned with losing her Burger King money, as I called it. But, and then I felt sad and sorry and guilty for putting my concerns on her because I wasn't feeling it like how she was feeling it, you know? So I told her, listen, this is not your worry and God will provide. God got us and, you know, this is not something that you need to worry about. Interject here, um, Dr. Dean. It, it is as if you and your daughter really was experiencing similar emotions. Your response to it may have been different. Mm-hmm. Y'all were experiencing similar emotions to the same news. So yeah. it was not just a singular impact in your house. It, it impacted you and your daughter um, simultaneously. Right. Yeah. And, 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 and so, so there was some grief and loss there, right? Some yeah, grief. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. There was. It was definitely... That that captures the feelings, exactly. Grief and loss. Um, and so then, you know, I started to be, as I said, I thanked God. I'm like, oh, God, you see, you're looking out for me all the time. And I'm going to get to clean. I'm going to get to declutter my house, et cetera, et cetera. Tuesday morning came and I woke up early you know, because I was meant to go to work, right? <laughs> but then, actually, I stayed up really late because I couldn't sleep. I, you know, I say I wasn't worried, but obviously, you know, your brain is going to do what it's going to do and your body is going to follow the brain. There was concern and worry that prevented sleep. And so I was just tired the next day and I went to sleep. <laughs> I slept a lot. And can I tell you, I did nothing that whole entire week. I mean, I was bothered by, I got, I shouldn't use the term bothered, but emergency calls kept coming, kept coming. And even if I wanted to do anything, we just had to answer these emergency calls, keep calling back the patients, call in prescriptions to the pharmacies, triage people, not get paid for it, by the way, but um, we're doing all of this and I got nothing done. The only thing I got done was to call back these emergency people because after the grief and the loss, I don't know, maybe that is how the grief and loss manifested itself. It Then I was like, am I depressed? How come I can only sleep? <laughs> Yeah, and that's exactly what it is, right? Sometimes it's that is it. It can paralyze us to some degree and almost immovable. So yeah, our mind is saying, "Wow, I can do all these wonderful things." It's like, "Wow, suddenly I have a a clean a clean canvas on my calendar, you know, no appointments, and I can do all these wonderful things." but yet we are so emotionally drained and strained by mm-hmm. limbo because we don't know what's, 
what's going to happen next. We're just sort of in this blurred state that it can, to some degree, paralyze us. It immobilizes us. And to keep, keep us from being functional in the way that we're used to being functional. And Yvonne, you're muted, but I want to just say that um, this... These, this is the very thing that the author was talking about in that article about stop romanticizing the lockdown. Because on the one hand, we, we want to recognize that, yes, we can do all these things that we haven't had time to do in times past. But yet, that message does not acknowledge the emotional strain and drain and impact mm -hmm. that mm -hmm. this whole the pandemic is having on our thoughts, our interactions, our mindsets, and our emotions. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I, ha I have class on Tuesdays and Wednesdays, and since, you know, COVID, um, I kind of talk with my students. We always had a check-in, but we, the check-in in is, how are you doing in you know, helping them to recognize their their time, their thoughts, interactions, minds and emotions as it relates to self, others, and corona. <laughs> um, and yesterday, Tuesday and Wednesday, the theme, the theme or the emotion that ran through everybody in my two classes was this feeling of unmotivated, unmotivated, lack of motivation. And I, when I talked to them about that is one of the ways that uh, grief and loss expresses itself, you know? And, and also this whole, so on one hand is the romanticizing of the lockdown. And then when, the day comes and it ends and another day begins and it ends and the ideas, the grandiose ideas of all the things you want to do, you just see the days slipping away, <laughs> slipping away. Mm -hmm. and, and after a while, you, you don't have the energy, you don't have the motivation because it's like, what's the point? And another, another emotion that people described was that whole thing about uncertainty. You know, uncertainty, which feeds into that lack of motivation because you're like, well, you know what? I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. So, you know what? I'm not even going to do nothing. Hmm. You know? So, so yeah, Joanne, back to uh, what you were saying about... Yeah, being, the emotional impact of yeah. it all and how it's not only you, but your daughter as well. Yeah. So, right. um, Dr. Dean, so I am wondering, how were you able to find that um, that motivation? Um, you had talked about you just had a feeling or you wondered if you were experiencing depression. So, yeah, how were you able to find that motivation to then you know, go back to work, even in the midst of everything that was going on, is going on? Um, so the motivation to go back to work is 
it was pretty easy. It's not that I put paying my bills <laughs> in front of my health, but it was a nice combination. Even today at work, I said, you know, I feel blessed to have had the opportunity to come to work and make some money, even though we're putting ourselves at risk. So it was that balance of wanting to be helpful and productive, but also not having to feel the financial burden, the stress of that, that I had felt in the days prior, before going back to work, of course. <laughs> yeah. And that is a very real thing for a lot of people having to deal with this financial stress um, mm -hmm. from, from this. Um, um, so I heard you say like they were paying $823 a week. Um, but for a lot of people that, that here around here, <laughs> um, that for a lot of people, you know, they wish they were able to make, bring home that much in unemployment. And so for a lot of the people around here in this area, um, they are getting significantly less than that. And so again, there still is this very real um, concern and, you know, about how are we going to manage, you know, our financial responsibilities during this time. So, yeah, which is adding to this, like you said, this whole feeling of, you know, depression and, um, because it can be overwhelming, right? Thinking of everything I need to all of these financial responsibilities that I have and this little money that I have to, to do it with, mm -hmm. to take care of all of these responsibilities. Right, and some people at this point, especially people who are in, I guess, blue-collar jobs, as they call it, um laborers you know right, unskilled right. Yes. workers mm -hmm. um con um people who do contract work and uh they're not getting anything really um and they still have to they still have to take care of their families pay the rent help teach their children at home while feeling all these feelings that we just discussed discussed here that is this is why i believe the social emotional wellness fallout is going to be greater than the financial fallout and the physical health fallout because that is something that stays with you and it impacts not just those who are here now because what is doing right because one of the things we know about trauma it rewires the brain and this is a, a traumatic experience for the globe and people's brains our brains are being rewired as we speak and with that rewiring of the brain, this, how we, how we move and navigate this experience is going to echo into 
future generations. Just like when I wasn't around, but apparently the Great Depression, what it did in terms of with the baby boomers, how they saw the world, how they navigated the world post um, depression years. And you hear people hark back to that, you know, my family grew up, my, my parents were um, depression, you know, people from the Great Depression. And when they, we, we, we hoarded stuff or we made sure we used, we never lived outside of our, beyond our means. And so a lot of interactions, a lot of ways, a lot of ways that people were living and, and framing their lives was influenced by the Great Depression. And we we experience it now, right? We see that demonstrated now in ways that relationships were formed, people managed money, et cetera, et cetera. That's going to be what is going to be happening now and for and in the future. Right? This is going to have long-lasting social-emotional, some people want to say mental health, um, behavioral health implications for generations, generations. Um, And so when companies may bounce back, when the economies bounce back, people are still going to be experiencing um, fallout or mm-hmm. consequences, social emotional consequences, relationship consequences, intrapersonal relationship consequences, and and interpersonal relationship consequences from this experience. Mm-hmm. Um, and we have to. What we're trying to do is to help people recognize it recognize, understand, manage, find ways to express it in a healthy way, and also reflect on this, right? How can we move forward as, you know, what kinds of plans are we laying for that? But um, this is, this is, this is some serious stuff. (laughs) Yes, it is. And you know what? So when we come back, um, after this break, why don't you tell us how we can do that, how we can rumorize these feelings? Okay. Um, All right. How would you like to take your life coach with you wherever you go? Well, GC Scored can make that happen for you. Purchase the Rumortime Guided Activity Journal on Amazon.com or directly from GC Scored's online store at www.org for the price of $19.99. Welcome back to the Access Rheumatime Conversations podcast. All right, welcome back everyone. Um, When we left off in the last, section we Dr. Larrier was talking about the social emotional fallout from COVID-19 and how we then need to be able to deal with that 
And um, one of the questions um, that I have for you, Dr. Dean, is you've shared your experience with us um, this evening. And so I'm wondering, how do you believe that sharing your experience is helping you as well as helping others during this time? Well, I find that I don't want to put it in a negative light, but we're familiar with the expression, misery loves company. Um, so I'm not sure what the positive spin on that would be, but it is certainly helpful to share with each other our challenges, our struggles. You know, it's really sad because I'm working with three other women and we all have the exact same experience, the exact same frustrations with our children, with our husbands, and, you know, women from different walks of life. And when I talk about my story and I say the things that were said to me, either by my child or my husband or the school, they're like, wait, what? That is their exact script. And that is so powerful to know that you're not alone in any struggle. We're never alone. You will always find someone. If you go looking, you will always find someone who shares your situation and you can find strength in supporting each other it, through whatever storm. You just need to reach out and talk to someone. Mm -hmm. So it takes you beyond the initial um, thought or reaction of recognizing that this is real and this is happening, but it helps to bring you to a, a clearer understanding that you are not alone, that there are other people that's experiencing similar things, just as you are, even though they're from dis different settings, different walks of life. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So, um, Dr. Yvonne, what would you have to say about what uh, Dr. Dean just shared? Well, um, it's interesting that that's how we were created, right? There's a quantum physics, um, what is it? The law of entanglement? Yes, I think that's what it is. The law of entanglement in quantum physics is that it doesn't matter it's about relationships, and it doesn't matter how far apart people are. The subatomic sub particles um, impact each other, right? How I see that in the conscious and real relationship and interaction of humanity is that we... As Joanne explained, it doesn't matter what walk of life you're in, you can always find some commonality, some threads that go through, you know, go through each of us, that connects us. Um, and in spite of the social distancing, which we call, and I've been hearing people call it now physical distancing, we're still finding ways to connect socially and emotionally, even, even while we are disconnecting physically, 
and the emotions that connecting um, connecting emotionally and socially are creating the bonds that is creating the the types of emotions that we're feeling is one of support one of commonality one of multiple stories within communities and um, that I see as foundational for us to maintain human human relationships in a time where on the outside we have to be distant physically so one way to manage one way to manage our physical distancing one way to manage our social emotional mind our mindsets our thinking patterns our emotions i believe is to find ways to connect with people in spite of the physical distancing um bans and the lockdowns find ways to connect with people or with yourself right find ways mm-hmm. to connect with with yourself intrapersonally what can i do to connect with me um so that i am able to to connect with others share your stories share your your emotions share find opportunities to share because in your sharing again like the law of entanglement in your sharing you are helping somebody else and do not we should not underestimate the power of story right the power of the narrative of our experiences it is powerful it is absolutely powerful and i think as joyan experienced um at her workplace uh i think more of us can experience that and that's one of the reasons why we have this podcast um show so that we can hear stories we can share stories of the process people's thinking processes people's way of managing this pandemic uh, on a social and emotional in a social emotional space i think these are opportunities to to help ourselves cross this <laughs> or not this not just cross but walk through this pandemic and come out you know still whole and better so that's how i would encourage people to you know navigate this pandemic is by sharing um sharing and caring right sharing caring for yourself and others but also sharing your stories sharing your struggles i don't think we have time right now to be perpetrating like you have it all together ain't nobody got nothing all together right now and the process of sharing <laughs> right. is learning you know 
mm. learning how to manage because just through the process of sharing our story, you know, like Dr. Dean just mentioned, when she shared her frustrations, you know, with either the educational system in her district or mm -hmm. you know, concerns, um, discussions with her spouse or something else, it resonates with her own coworkers. So just having that opportunity to share and everybody sharing their story, perhaps there is um, some silver lining. There is something that we may be able to learn. We may be able to bring it back and apply to our own mm -hmm. situations mm -hmm. but the, the just the mere fact of um, um i don't want to use the term mind dumping but getting it off your chest being able to um you know express, express. And express. Thank you. express. <laughs> to be transparent and express what you're really you know experiencing feeling thinking that you can share it with your your colleagues um and they can do the same thing back. That in and of itself, I believe, is a, can be a freeing experience. And then mm -hmm. learning from each other's story, ways to manage. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, so this has been wonderful. I am so glad you made yourself available and share with us, Dr. Joy and Dean, on, mm -hmm. um, you know, the, like I said, we've talked about this topic, but we have not had a live guest to share directly, you know, your personal experiences and what you are experiencing, uh, it, it fits, fits the literature and the mm -hmm. things we've been talking about. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So well, thank you very much. Life of communication open. Yeah, thank you. So I want to just hit, I want to share a little bit more about the, how quantum entanglement, the law of uh, theory and the law of entanglement this explains it clearer. <laughs> so quantum, quantum entanglement occurs when two particles become inextricably linked and what happens, whatever happens to one immediately affects the other, regardless of how far apart they are. So that, how that relates to our social or physical distancing, right? When you think about even though we are having to be far apart, what happens to one person in Timbuktu if there's a connection with somebody else in South Bend, Indiana or Massachusetts, you will, it will affect you. It will affect you. And it's just like it's just like the ecological systems theory, where a change in one part of the system causes a shift or a change in every part of that system, right? And so the fact that your your friends or your colleagues are experiencing something in their home. They, we need to think of it as we are also, we are being affected by what is happening. And so what we do affects somebody else. So what we want to be mindful of is how could we affect people in positive ways, knowing that we are connected, we're inextricably linked. Mm -hmm. 
right? Knowing that we are inextricably linked, having that consciousness, we should be intentional about what we do because we know that that's going to impact somebody else who we are inextricably linked to, even though they're not in our immediate presence. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you for explaining that to us. Um, Yvonne, yeah, so the law of entanglement. Um, So listen, we we aim to... Educate, right? We we need to educate and inform. So, Mm -hmm. um, and so again, thank you, um, Dr. Joanne Dean, for um, participating tonight and for shedding the light on um, how this COVID nineteen is impacting you as a professional who is still working in the midst of this, while others are practicing this um, now, again, what we say, physical distancing, Mm -hmm. right? Um, And so the fact, again, that you are still working and then still coming home and dealing with some of the same issues that other people are dealing with, uh, and that you have a son, you know, at home, uh, two children, rather, who are at home and um, who is also having to deal with issues with around school. And so you also, as a parent, have to um, navigate how that happens. And you've already explained that to us today about how your school district, you know, how it's been disappointing to you. um, And how I think, what did did you say that this is now, they are seeing this as an enrichment Enrichment. experience for the children. an enrichment opportunity for the children so um yeah we talked about a lot of things uh when it comes to the social emotional issues um we talked about the grief and loss that has come out of this COVID-19 and the fact that that this will have long-lasting um wide impact on people um even after this is done, over and done with. And so, um, and also being able to understand that there is power in sharing our stories with each other, right? Because we have some of the same struggles that others are, are experiencing and that it is important that we uh, maintain our connections with each other by sharing those stories and those struggles with each other. Um, being transparent because what we do understand then is that we are all in this thing together trying to figure out how to navigate through it right and so um, as we come to the close of this podcast one of the things we always like to do before we end is we always like to leave our listener with um, some nugget whether it's you know some inspirational quote or something that we glean from the conversation that we had um, um this evening so we would like to share with our listeners so um who would like to start who'd like to oh sure I, i'll go that knowledge <laughs> well i have a quote um um, that I would like to share um, that was, that's by Dr. Martin Luther King. It's 
a piece of the letter um, that he wrote when he was in jail in Birmingham back in the 60s, 1963 to be exact. And it resonated with me when uh, Dr. Larry was sharing about quantum entanglements. And the quote goes such, as such, it says, injustice anywhere is a threat to justice everywhere. We are caught in an inescapable network of mutuality tied in a single garment of destiny. Whatever affects one directly affects all indirectly. Absolutely. That's my quote Absolutely. for today. Absolutely. Powerful. Yes. Yes. That that goes really well with this whole quantum law of entanglement. Mm-hmm. Right. And again, I think I will just piggyback off that, what we've said already, is that there is power in sharing our story. Because again, as you just said, um, um, Geneva, that what impacts one of us impacts all of us. Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. I, can, I, can, I can give you another one from Dr. King. Okay. It's the ultimate measure of a man is not where he stands in moments of comfort and convenience, but where he stands in times of challenge and controversy. And I say, we are in that time right now, the latter. Challenge and controversy. So the question for all of us is, how will we stand? I know how I'm going to stand. Outstanding, trusting, believing. And keeping the faith that this too shall pass and we will be all right. Yes. 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 So I guess my quote is, like Geneva says, keep trusting, keep believing, keep moving forward. And just, you know, just share, just, just find ways to encourage each other, encourage yourself and encourage each other, whatever that, however that looks, however that looks, find ways to do that. Um, because we cannot, we cannot do this alone. We cannot. It is imperative that we support each other so that's that's my little statement <laughs> that is. we you. need each other All right. yeah we need each other i need you you need me <laughs> remember that yeah yeah, yeah. so joanne thank you right. thank you thank you yes. thank you and, i thought uh, we were gonna have a little sing-along just now i was <laughs> you were getting ready to sing yeah Okay. <laughs> we can go we can go out with a song. Absolutely. <laughs> but before we start singing, I want you to know that we greatly appreciate you and listen, feel feel free to come back and join us anytime. Yes. Absolutely. That you'd like to share, know that access from a time conversation is here to absolutely deep into the situation. Yes. So, yes. All right. Mm -hmm. You have been listening to the Access Rheumatime Conversations podcast, where the time is always rheumatime. 
where we equip you to solve your problems one rumor at a time, where we educate you to transform your stories one rumor at a time, and where we empower you to become your own life coach one rumor at a time. Thank you for listening and see you next time.